Sometimes a twist can kill the movie. Today I'm talking about The Call. This is Scott's Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast, and today I am talking about the recent horror release called The Call. And I'll get into it more, but I was intrigued by this via the concept and the cast, and then the finale left me cold. So, without further ado, let's get started. One of the things I love about horror is how you can become a genre icon at any age. If you're a young star in an excellent horror movie, you could be destined for stardom. If you are a middle-aged character actor, guess what? In one turn in the right franchise, you just became a genre staple for the next two decades, or perhaps the rest of your career. Such is the case for Lynn Shea and Tobin Bell, who rode the Insidious and Saw franchises to great success and can sell a small-budget horror movie via their presence. Taking place in 1987, the film follows a group of four teenagers, including three old friends, Tanya, Zach, and Brett, and a newbie named Chris. While bonding with these new friends, Chris is shocked as the group visits and torments an old woman named Edith Cranston, whom they blame for the death of Tanya's young sister. But when Mrs. Cranston ends up dead, and her husband invites them over for a game, the four teens are given glimpses of their personal hell. So I really wanted to like this movie. The main cast is great, and the premise is solid. The premise, which is in tongue-in-cheek fashion, is explained via Tobin Bell, like, do you want to play a game? is that the four teens are brought in and blackmailed into playing said game. They either have to go upstairs into Cranston house, Cranston's house and use a phone call to call Edith, who's dead. If they do that, they get to go home with a bunch of money. If they don't, tape of them harassing Edith goes to the police. But of course the call isn't that simple, because Edith sends each teen, um, the deceased Edith sends each teen to a seemingly inescapable version of their own personal hell calling up demons from their past. It's not a bad idea, and the visions of what said demons are, are are pretty good. It's very human stuff like regrets or an abusive parent, which you have told through this high contrast deep red haze. It invokes a very industrial vision of hell. But even at the very beginning, the movie had me concerned, because it, con cause it, picked, yeah, because it picked Christopher to go third, not fourth. Despite this being an ensemble, Chris is our main character. He's our main point of view, and the most regretful about even being around when his new friends harassed Edith. It seems like he's got either a shady past or a lot of regret, which means it would make the most sense for, it to be for this to be revealed and conquered last. But it feels like the movie knows what the audience expects and opts for a twist that shatters the entire movie that ends abruptly afterwards. But to discuss why, I need to discuss the ending. So if you're still interested, know that I think the movie is pretty good and creepy, but the finale frustrated me. So, spoilers for the rest of the film. As I indicated earlier, each of the four heroes is taunted with a demon from their past, after being transported via the phone. To get out, they have to face their demon and go, go, back, via, go back through the phone. The first two fail since their demon is their abusive father, whom they were never able to face, which is awful and tragic and explains a lot about their personalities. Then it's Chris's turn. What we find out is that Chris left his old high school because his pregnant girlfriend died tragically in a car accident after they had a fight. 
But instead of tormenting him, the specter of his dead girlfriend guides him towards salvation, and frees him from his guilt, and to sends him to freedom. And if we ended the movie there, that would be perfect. But we can't, because we've still got Tanya. Tanya is the presumed love interest and girl of the group, whose sister Edith supposedly killed. So her being jumpy about Chris and combative all makes sense. What doesn't make sense is her vision of hell, where it's revealed she killed her sister. This is the perfect example of a twist for a twist's sake. Could this be a great payoff? Yes. But you need to do something with it. Maybe it reveals that Tanya is the real monster in all of this, and Chris has to face her. Maybe Tanya decides to account for her sins and give Chris and her other friends the means to escape. Instead, she's brought in via the phone, and Chris goes back to save her, only to be killed by a now evil version of his dead girlfriend, the one that just saved him. End of movie. So, what's the thematic message there? What's the character payoff? In short, there really isn't any. It's a twist of the knife without purpose. The verdict is that it's disappointing. Despite a great setup, the call is undermined by a poorly thought-out twist. 4 out of 10. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time, everybody. Stay safe.